are live. Welcome to another episode of the Good Bad Gang Crew. It's your girl LD, who is always right. And it's your boy Sos. And the reason why I say I'm always right is because Sos sent me something yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday, right? Where Chimamanda was like, the only reason why Daisyani, Alison Madreke, it's been harshly criticized is because she's female. And I'm like, yes! Right, I don't know about it being right, right? But one thing, at least, you know, you have um, intellectual minds thinking like you, right? In the sense of, you brought it up, I think, when you brought it up in the podcast, I didn't really see it as a topical conversation anywhere, because I've been mistaken. So to me, you were one of the first people to uh, to bring it up as, you know, the re- one of, we're not saying what she's doing is right, but we're saying part of the coverage of her own particular corruption case has been slanted towards um, her because she's a woman and you brought it up so it's kind of and I, I when I saw you like wow this is somebody else still echoing your sentiment and obviously I think you said this a whole bunch of weeks ago I mean it was just interesting to me because Chimamanda Adichie is bae I think I've read all her books Half of a Yellow Sun That Thing Around Your Neck Purple Hibiscus I mean even Beyonce quoted her in that song um I woke up like this, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really nice to see that she was saying something that I had thought about in my little corner in my room, and I was just really excited. So Chimamanda is of the opinion that the reason why everyone is so angry is because she's a woman, and how dare women still? Because you know, women are meant to be angels, we're meant to be good, we can't possibly be stealing. I mean, a man stealing is acceptable, but a woman stealing, like, heck no. So I agree, obviously, because I said this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, so that Chimamanda is bringing it up again. I feel like it just reinforces the statement that we live in a misogynistic society, most especially in Nigeria, where women and men aren't judged on the same level. There's like a double standard. Double standards are not necessarily or do not necessarily favor women all the time. I mean, look at this Kevin Hart mess. Um... I saw on Bella Ninja this week. It was this week, right? Yes. Where someone said, if you look at this Kevin Hart situation, seriously, I mean, yeah, we all know that he's a cheating human being. But the person, the, the female categorically said that she made sure that Kevin Hart was drunk and high and then took advantage of him. Pretty much in summary. In that's summary. Okay, all right. In summary. All that's right. the summary. I'm not I'm not putting her word for word. All right. But when you summarize it, she pretty much took advantage of a drunk high guy, right? Now flip it to the other side. If it was a guy or if it was Kevin Hart who said that he slept with a girl who was drunk and high, the conversation would be different. It would be rape. Well, pretty much. You know, it's an interesting angle to take a look at it. I'm sure people have, you know, been exhausted with the whole Kevin Hart. Um, talk for a week or whatever it is but um, yes I guess it's you know if you want to talk, I said this is something we'll talk about later if you want to talk about rape culture and, and um, the idea of what is consent you know, can you give consent when you're under the influence and stuff like that and we really we look at it one way which is the dynamics when the woman is the one drunk and um high or whatever the case may be to me here according to kevin Hart, it's a little bit of a stretch for me just because at least the video i watched you know this guy you know got a butt naked from the bed you know like yeah i just did i just you know i just hit that even when the girl was with his uh 
she was chatting on the phone probably first time and a friend Kevin actually took the phone and was talking to the friend and saying um, you know how you doing blah 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 so obviously somebody is really familiar with and he's coherent enough to have a conversation with somebody else on the phone so uh, I get it but at the same time I'm just having a hard time no I feel like no no so what we're saying is that people who are high and drunk can't get up and you know put themselves together and go home i mean think about like when we were young and people used to go clubbing heck people were still coherent enough to call it pick up their phone call taxis to take them home get home change we're not talking about like shit-faced drunk like throwing up and everything we're talking about like high drunk where you still kind of can do stuff but you're not sure that you will you make the right judgment call possibly not but to say that because he no, could get up and uh, making good choices is different from giving consent or not giving consent so I, i'm i'm in that that's a whole different level is if you're making bad choices that's on you that's on nobody else to make a choice for you now the idea is do you are you or can you make a choice that's where it becomes the issue if a woman is drunk then she can't make a choice she can't give you consent but if you're a little bit tipsy whatever it is and you give you consent or whatever it is and you or not even a little bit tipsy but if you at least you have the mind of order to give consent it's a whole different thing as like i said it's probably something we should break down better so we can if you really want to go there with better nuance and then other podcasts we want to start getting the nuances of rape culture and all those kind of stuff so it can be different elements which we have to treat I feel like as so, carefully as, as long as someone has alcohol or some sort of um drug in them i'm sorry i can't um i can't take your word does that make any sense i can't i can't a drink yes but like by the time you've gone there's a reason why there's an alcohol limit there's a reason why they say you shouldn't be driving after you've had a certain amount of alcohol is because after that amount you might not feel like you're drunk but nobody actually trusts that you are making the right judgment there's a reason why these things are put in place like i said i'm not saying that kevin hart is not a cheating bastard but i'm just saying that someone knew that he was i mean he may, he probably had even been sleeping with this woman like before then like you said he seemed very comfortable i'm just going against the fact that you said that he was able to get up take the phone have a conversation on facetime that has no bearing on whether he was drunk or not he, you can do shit like that and still be shit face drunk that's what i'm saying like i said the drinking is one thing i'm just saying the whole idea of rape culture or this or him it's can you give consent as i said in my own in my own observation or whatever it is it's hard for me to say he's been raped or or any of that kind of thing because based on what i saw and everything is just i, I just can't go that way no. as, as i said i can see it is the murky water people but this time nah, i just i i just don't buy it for this case i don't Sorry. think no the article wasn't trying to say that kevin hart was raped the article was trying to say that if it was flipped to the other side we would all be shouting that the lady was raped the article was in no way actually defending kevin hart so we're just saying that it's that's funny that's, how that's my point if it now. was a woman they're saying flip it if it was a woman if it was raped so the so the flip the flipping of it is saying kevin Hart. yeah was so raped. but why is it more understandable for you to have to maybe agree that okay yeah this woman probably didn't give consent if we're flipping it but because Kevin Hart is a guy, you know, everybody's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's what I said. You might have a valid point in there. It's, there's something, as I said, that when I try to come, as I'm listening, as I read it, okay, yeah, there's something in there. But, you know, maybe this is just my male bias. Exactly, that's there's, what I said. Don't yeah, understand so that. Yeah, it's possible. But 
it's just you know i just have a hard time taking it that men are meant to be seen as strong and being able to handle whatever despite the circumstances this is not so, about strong whatever no i'm saying generally no strong doesn't mean i'm not just talking about like physical strong i'm saying generally you can't just think that that would be yeah, it. No, if 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 there's a kevin if there was a video was more of kevin had really blacked out and you know i can see this guy's out of his mind and this woman's on him and she's saying stop i don't want to do this blah 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 i'll be all for it as i said i was watching this and you know there's a reason why um rape cases are really hard to prosecute and convict just because the he said she said at what time was consent given when they were at the club before they came to the house was there already consent from there that this is what we're going to end up doing anyway what happens when both parties are high and drunk who's our fault then so I said, this is something we should probably tackle in a whole different podcast about rape culture or something. But I hear you. I see how you can be murky waters and it's an interesting conversation to have that we're having. Yes, it's, it's interesting to flip roles and, and see what it could be. But you know, Kevin Hart is still living a good life, so he don't care. And Nico is apparently still with him and she accepts that he made a mistake and they still love each other. They're in the middle of planning an amazing baby shower, so you know. They clearly don't care about us, like, dissecting their... Feminist. A person who believes in the social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. You wake up, post up, round round in it, blossom on it. There's diamond, my diamond. There's a rock, my rock. I woke up like this. I woke up like this. We flawless. Ladies... Neither do I, because I mean, I spent this week in the worst traffic ever. So apparently, Nupeng, that's the um, petroleum sector, sure. they were on strike. And because for some odd reason, and I'll never understand this, Lagos seems to be the only place that tankers can come and get fuel from. I don't know why. It makes no goddamn sense to me about why they are not depots in other states or why the depots in other states are not working are not functioning properly once a month these tankers come and they queue up in lagos so that they can get full so it's like maybe the last friday of every month or something we're already prepared for it because they blocked the road the corridor roadside now for some reason apparently nupeng was on strike so these tankers were on the road for more than one day meaning they caused chaos in well, people on the island apparently didn't feel it, but everyone who lived in from Surulere, Ikeja down felt it. And it was just such a stressful situation for me. I was spending hours trying to get to work and trying to come back from work. My brothers work on the island and they would have to turn back, go through the mainland bridge and then go to the island. So which took more time for them to get to work as opposed to 20, 30 minutes that I would have normally had taken them. And I, it was just... I, I was on the verge of saying I wasn't going to go to work because it was coming too much for me. So it came as no surprise that Lagos ranked third on CNN's list of most stressful cities in the world. I mean, I saw it and I was like, I can't believe that. Like, I'm not even shocked. And the list was compiled based on factors ranging from traffic levels, public transport, percentage of green spaces, financial status of citizens, including debts, physical and mental health, and the hours of sunlight the city gets per year. It was interesting to note that Lagos came in third after Baghdad in Iraq or Iraq 
if you're on this side of the world and Kabul, Afghanistan. I mean, these two countries are war-torn countries and Lagos managed to come in third. So in short, the only reason why Lagos is not even number one is because there's war in those countries. Oh, yeah, that's what made it less notable, right? Anybody lives in Lagos will say it's stressful anyway. So, but to make what made it like really like, huh? Like in a double take, like Lagos is third behind two war-torn countries. So like, essentially us here in Lagos, we are living in a war, right? So it's really crazy. It's even worse than somewhere like you're saying. Obviously, we have in um, Borneo, Boko Haram, or whatever it is. Exactly. I didn't even put those um, states. It was Lagos, where it is seen that people in Lagos are, you know, coasting and enjoying life. But I'm not sure even Nigerians think Lagos. Because let's let's put that come to Lagos and say this is too much for me. And like there's everything yeah. so quick, quick, fast, fast. Mm, traffic. You guys are always in a rush. Exactly. This, so, this. so, so even within. Nigeria, so people do, you know, acknowledge Lagos is another bit. But like I said what was like double take is like Lagos is third behind to, you know, at least I guess the war has calmed down a little bit in those countries, but in those um in those cities, but still, man, it's still. It was kind of funny it's, it's, though because in the comment section, somebody actually wrote, "Well, Lagos is really like a war zone. Nigerians love chaos." Such lifestyle has become a norm to them, and they don't realize how abnormal it is. Traffic alone is hell, overpopulation, pollution, terrible roads, etc. Victoria Island and Lekki is 0.1% representation of Lagos. So clearly, even um, Lagosians themselves kind of think that Lagos is a war zone. Not a war zone in you know the literal sense of guns and whatever, but like just living your everyday life, getting around. Let's personalize, personalize it. So like you, what gets you stressed in Lagos? You're a Lagosian, you live here, so like you don't even need to comment on something. What are you experiencing in Lagos that that puts it top of the list? To be very honest, it's just traffic. I can't deal with traffic. Like traffic is my biggest problem. I could actually see myself breaking down this week because of traffic. The kind of joy I feel where I go from when I'm going from point A to B and the roads are clear, it is literally pure joy. I'm dancing in my car, I'm happy. The minute I get stuck in traffic for like five, ten minutes, I'm already stressed. That's probably why like my face is breaking out even. So for me, it's traffic. There's nothing else that actually stresses me like that. You, you have 24 hour lights. Are you living in a service but apartment you know, with lights? No, but you know what? Light it's not it's like you. what the girl said, the commenter, when you said like we should not go into comments. Unfortunately for us, it has become a norm. So I get to my house and there's no light. It's nothing for me to freak out about. I don't know. I grew up with... I mean, maybe there's some people who grew up with, like, it really Nepal goes off, the gen comes, or, you know, so they're used to it. But, like, like the commenter said, it has become so, a way of... I so, mean, so, yesterday, so like, I woke up... And smiling. I, like, so I woke you, up you this morning. You don't know Exactly, that's what the girl said. It has become a norm. I woke up this morning, there was no light. And I was just like, okay, well, I looked at the time. And I'm like, yeah, Nepal is going to bring light at such so time. And guess what? Nepal brought light. For those who don't live in Nigeria and who might not be familiar, Nepal, our, our electrical distribution. Nepal does not exist exactly. anymore. You know what? Nepal has been trying to remove that name Nepal forever. <laughs> For some reason, nobody is still calling it a code distribution. So let's just leave it as that. Yeah, different um, disco. So, yeah. So for me, it's, it's just like I mean, of course, I get irritated when there's no light or if water is not running properly, things like that. Well, for me, number one on my list of stressful things is traffic. Then maybe heat. I hate it when it's hot. It's kind of, it's amazing with the whole light stuff because it's like um, 
like obviously so much devastation with all the storms and the um, hurricane and all this kind of stuff and uh, like in Puerto Rico now the city might not have lights for like six months and you know asking people to evacuate the island and stuff like that or I remember I was in Houston during one of the hurricanes and there was no light for like a day and people were on the radio saying oh my goodness I'm like no light for one day and everybody's going crazy I'm like exactly. this is like it's a, it's a normal thing it's like, but my, my point is that people are getting so used to suffering that you don't even know what a stress-free life is about in terms of you you don't have steady power you come home no light comes on you switch on the light bulb does not come on and it's like nothing you feel you don't even see it as anything you get light for six hours a day and you're dancing on the ceiling that Nepal is doing so good or whatever to be fair, Shanepa has been doing quite well in my area. <laughs> so, you know, I can't compete. But, you know... See, that, that's the problem. You, don't, you can't get 24-hour lights. But anything is doing quite well. So, it's, <laughs> so it, it just shows, like, to me, Lagos is definitely... I don't know about putting... As I said, I've not lived in Kabul. I don't know about putting Lagos third or whatever it is. But it is, it is a difficult place to live. Oh, and let me tell you another thing that stresses me. Another thing that stresses the heck out of me is when there is a strike and there's no fault to buy that thing just grinds my gears because then i'm haggly with like all these black black and uh, black marketers things like that really stress me but you know i remember like you said when you were here said i remember when we were in london and they wanted to work on something they were just going to take like for one hour was it 30 minutes and they sent us like letters oh from such a time such a time you know there will be no light and because there was no light there was no water because we couldn't put on the heater no there was water but we couldn't put on the heater to bath me hot water i mean in nigeria there's no hot water you but the cold water. But i just thought ah it's just one hour you know that kind of thing it, it just seemed very so it's so normal that's why on one hand while i can understand why people from outside would rank us as one of the stressful cities in the world we're used to it and i remember seeing an article again on bella niger about 100 things that nigerians have normalized that in other countries would be would be what's the word would be seen as horrible but you know in nigeria unfortunately we've normalized everything and that's a problem i guess i don't know about all this normalizing or whatever it is the, the, the point the point is that if you don't know there's better out there you can't get it like the pastor today was saying that in nigeria we don't understand what democracy is we we feel the people that are in leadership we we worship them in, in a sense, put them on the pedestal instead of actually see them for what they are. They're supposed to be our servants. If they don't do what we want, we chase them out of us. But instead, we are the ones graveling to them. When they come around, we bowing down, ba 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 la, whatever it is, and all this stuff. And we actually don't know the power that we have as a people. So, so once you don't know, you can achieve. It's the funny thing my, my sister used to say, like, when you see all these pictures of people in Nigeria, their face is so dry, you know. You don't see friends, and they just go and travel, spend like two months abroad. And I don't say, ah, this guy is just fresh. And it's a combination of things, obviously. It's a combination of uh, stress, which we were talking about. It's a combination of the weather, right? The weather is really hot. Obviously, that's not good for your skin and whatever it is. You're going dehydrated, you're in the sun, obviously, and all that kind of stuff. So it just, it's just it's just a way of life. It's a harsh, it's a harsh, it's a harsh city, right? Yeah, and you said um, obviously Koi and um, Lagos not indicative of Koi and Vi and Lekki are not indicative. But if, if, if realistic, if you look around, what is there's nothing special about these places? I guess it's just a tinge bit better than the rest of it. 
But I guess if you live in like a service apartment somewhere in Ikoi, there's a way you can revolve your your world where uh, suffering can be a little bit less. I know I had a friend in um, high school then who was like his mother had never seen, never been on the mainland before. His mother was that was a Russian then, that was Nigerian. That the only time she goes to the mainland is from my house to the airport. Apart from that, she never stopped a car, never did anything. So her life just revolved around the that Ikoi area and to the airport. So there's a way you can actually construct your life, I guess, to make it less stress-free. Because the truth is that there's everything you want in Lagos, if you can think about it, right? It's do you have them? If you have enough money to create that uh, that lifestyle around you, but there's something you can't avoid. You're in a struggle in traffic. You're stuck in traffic. Doesn't matter if you have a million dollars or one dollar. Everybody that everybody succumbs to traffic. You know, it's kind of funny when I hear things like my mother has never been to the island or whatever. I mean, I know it's true. Never honestly. been to the island. I mean, never been to the mainland and things like that. I mean, I know it's true. Um, on the flip side, my boss, she's like, she would never come to the island for anything. Like, if she had her way, she would just be on the mainland. She's like, everything she needs is on the mainland. She's like, the island is just overrated and yada, yada, yada. Then, I have another, my auntie who lives um, on this side of town. She actually lives like Chevron side, which is really far out. She goes to the mainland when she needs to get things like her hair done or when she needs to buy stuff that she needs at a decent price. Like she literally wake her daughter up early in the morning. They will drive to like Yaba or Oyingbo or somewhere, get their hair done, um, buy whatever it is that they need and then come back. So, and these are people who can obviously afford like whatever it is that they need to buy on the island. So then it also becomes a function of, are you creating a lifestyle just so you never have to go to the mainland or because you think like life is just really better there. No, but this is not really. A, it's about there are a lot of posh areas in the Ikeja side. If this is, somebody that lives in Ikeja can also create an atmosphere around themselves where they are going to certain parts and be okay. My point is that I'm trying to say that people that try to construct uh, a world around themselves in Nigeria that insulates them from what is really going on out there. Yeah, the perceived um, stress or whatever it is. And your aunt, everybody's looking for a bargain. So, so sometimes you think you find something cheaper in the market versus. They're going to department store like the shop rights and the spas or whatever it is. To be honest, what I found out that is that sometimes it's actually cheaper in these department stores, and sometimes even when it's more expensive, the margins are very small. So the, and so and it's a flip flop too. That sometimes there's some stuff you go to the market, and you and you go to and you go to like a shop right and spas and find out wow it's way cheaper here. So it can be a give and take. So sometimes running to the market might not give you that bargain you're looking for. I remember I went to the market for the first time in a long time, uh, the Ajam market, and when I was, I was walking through the market in the Hudson, I was like, yes, this is why this is called Lagos is stressed, right? Going through the market, people are talking and pulling you to come to their to their stores to come and buy something that you really don't even need, or that's not what you're there for, and stuff, right? And a lot of the stuff I was pricing there was actually the same price or cheaper at spas. I'm like, I'm just wasting my time here thinking I'm going to find a bargain when it's uh, actually cheaper in the in the store where there's air conditioning and everything so sometimes we'll create that hard life for ourselves you know there's somebody was saying that nigerians we love suffering and there's, there's some truth to it sometimes we think if, it's, if it isn't hard it's not it's not um what getting us well i think it's the reason why people might think that shopping on the in the markets i guess like markets are 
depends on which market. So people go to Balogun market. I don't have the energy to go to Balogun market, but of course, I'm not going to compare a Balogun market to a market in Ikeja or Surulere or Leki. I remember, like, my boss at work would say, Yeah, at the end of the day, she'll rather go to a department store, whether she's paying, she doesn't care whether she's paying for the AC and the comfort, as opposed to struggling with like a million people in a place like Balogun market or. Um, it's rare or places like that so i guess on some level yeah there's sometimes where like what you're buying the margins might not be different but it's also a function of where your market which market you're going to you can't compare like oingo market to my point is that the reasons people go to the market to look for a bargain wherever the market is i'm not sure people are choosing radia or less radi markets the bigger the market is the radia it is right and the better of a bargain you hope to find versus going to a department store that has one aisle and picking up that goods in your condition and putting in your cart and going to pay the checker. But what I'm trying to say that a lot of people fail to realize they think it's a big boy thing, but they fail to realize that actually it's sometimes it's pretty much the same price or probably maybe even cheaper. Anyway, you know, whatever it is, Lagos is still stressful. And maybe it's because Lagos is stressful that we're all about the champagne popping life or we're we're all about the drinking of the henny because um an article also just came out on cnn about how legal um nigeria party people keep the champagne flowing despite the reception recession <laughs> no reception the recession and it's funny even before this article came out i remember like people used to say hmm, even though nigeria is a recession things are still going on weddings are still bigger parties are still in fact they seem bigger than when we were not even in a recession you know champagne is still flowing everything yeah, is still yeah, this good guy, this guy was like um again the article was like the average wedding brings up to 16 to twenty thousand dollars right mm. so you can do the conversion multiply by is it 400 or is it 300 or something and he said last month he had mm. the wedding worth up to eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars mm. that's in drinks so just that's just drinks that's that's what somebody makes a year <laughs> if you're lucky in houston i think i'm buy a house somewhere for that amount of money and that's what people are spending on drinks right so and this and obviously the, but the whole highlight is that you know this happening in a recession right essentially his business selling drinks has actually been doubling per quarter every year right mm-hmm. over the past year even within the recession and obviously this champagne hennessy um premium brand market is Johnny Walker everything yeah the premium brands is actually obviously constrained to the elite middle class and everybody underneath is all aspiring to to pop that bottle or whatever it is to me champagne is a variety I gotta tell you the truth you know um, I actually don't know why people like it so much I guess the only advantage I see to champagne is that you can drink a lot of it without getting drunk or tipsy or you know, if you drink something like hard liquor, mm. you can get a headache real quick after drinking a little. So a lot of people can drink lots of champagne and you get a little buzz and you're not you know, drunk shit-faced on that. Mm. So I, I can understand it on that basis, but just as enjoyment on its own, uh, I'm not all that big on it. But it's just interesting that in the Nigerians, we keep on partying. Does, does, it, ma- does it matter? And obviously, in a country that, you know, 60% of it is in poverty, right? People still manage to spend over, you know, thousands and thousands in the club, you know, and, you know, you know popping bottles or whatever it is. 
Have you ever been to Quillox? I haven't been to Quillox. Me too. I, I feel like that's the one club I, I need to go and check out because I've heard so much about it. Yeah, I pass it all the time. It's right in the middle of the Zumba road. Not middle, but at the tail end of a Zumba road. But I've never entered inside before. Yeah, like, I mean, it's funny. Even when you go out, that's our, our governor's farm up. Our, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the biggest boy at Quillox. He was always in Quillox. So I guess people started talking too much about him. I don't think he's been there in a while. But what, what I was going to say is, I remember like when they said we were in a recession. Not when they said, when we were in a recession. Sometimes it's really difficult as a Nigerian or as a Negotian to understand what it truly is to be in a recession. Let me explain. I beg explain that because so, I, I definitely understand no, what it no, is. No, no, no. That's what I said. It. Let me explain. So, of course, prices of things go up and, you know, even where I work, where I have my 9 to 5. Te- te- technically, a recession is when you have, you know, um, um, GDP, right? Is GDP going down, down yeah. right? And technically, you're out of recession when you see... it's Everything is coming back to normal. You just need two months of increase. Mm. doesn't matter how that scale is. So sometimes when they say you're out of recession, technically, you might not feel the effect in market prices mm. or more jobs or whatever it is. So recession is really a very technical term. So anyway, what I'm saying is, like, prices go up, you know, things are getting higher. But I swear that throughout this recession period, every time I went out, people were always out. The restaurants were not empty. The clubs were not empty. So that's why I said it's very difficult. But because I would go out and I'd be like, ah, but they said we're in a recession. Like, what is really going on? Like, people were still spending money like there was nothing going on. Of course, there were some clubs that complained that there were people who were running tabs and hadn't paid their tabs, you know, their regulars, like, so the guys that are always just coming to the club, they were just running their tabs and they were not settling as quickly as they usually did. But there were people who were generally just dropping this money as they went. And it, it was so confusing to me because I'd be like, when, and I'll check myself and I'll be like, but I don't understand. <laughs> like, I, I went for a wedding at the beginning of this year when the recession was still hot. And this wedding was. In my head, I was calculating like how much would have been spent on that wedding. So I feel like Nigerian, well, maybe not Nigerians, but Lagosians just don't know how to. Um, no, there's one, a recession; they still continue yeah, with the wedding. Yeah, but you're talking about a small handful, and it's like um, if Serena Williams says she's broke, and if I am broke, that two different kind of brokenness, right? If somebody's own recession means that they're not spending time in Ibiza that summer, mm. so it means that ch- chilling in Nigeria. Somebody ready reception means they might not take that trip to the suits up, right? Why somebody else broke mm. means that I can't buy um I, I can't buy a bag of rice. Mm. I have to be buying um Derika small small managing that way. Mm-hmm. So people you give a book and you mentioned something which a lot of people want to know, right? That people are you know, have tabs that they are running. Mm-hmm. So you might see them popping that champagne. But, but they are tabs, yeah, they're they not set to bill, so they are owing, right? So mm. but and some people too they have to keep up appearances yeah right so sometimes your business is part of your show if you're not showing you cannot do business i don't know if people get it like yeah of course the uh, only reason why the clubs or the restaurants were allowing them to keep these tabs because they already had like an established relationship with them and they knew like they were good for it of course there were some people that they ended up finding out we don't, we're not good for their word you know obviously but at the end of the day i don't know lagos is just it's crazy because yeah, even in the article the guy from um Fahrenheit medicine, right? The director medicine, of Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. So he actually credited the recession for actually people spending more money. Just like I said, a lot of people instead of them traveling for the summer. Yeah, they, they are, were looking for alternative things to do so here. So instead of traveling for the summer, they are around. So the money that they would have spent 
abroad or whatever it is mm. they're spending it in the country and obviously part of the going out and socializing will involve buying food and drinks mm-hmm. uh, which they do and obviously nigerian drinkers just nigerians as we know i said we have expensive tastes so we want the biggest the brightest the best so if that bottle is the 200 dollar one that's the one that uh um, Drake said that we are that we are drinking. Mm. That's the one me I mm-hmm. that's one me I want, mm. right? So based on even beer, although it's a smaller percentage, right? Say beer is fifty percent up. So at least the one the local man is drinking, even that also has an uptick. Yeah, uptick in it. So, so it's funny. I've never really like. I've never liked champagne. I've never had champagne. I've never had the palate. <laughs> Maybe I'm a bush person. I've never had the palate. For, like, I've never understood why champagne is just so special. Why, why do black people like Hennessy, right? I need the one just got the Hennessy in my head. Why do people like Hennessy? I don't know. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not really into dark liquor anyway. I remember I sent you an article on this Hennessy thing. I th- I'm very sure I did about how the reason why Hennessy is so big in the black society is because when they actually did targeted ads at them because they realized that you know they were missing out on a market and that if they targeted them they would actually most likely actually they weren't very sure but that they would most likely be one of the biggest um consumers so hennessy really it was it was their marketing that made us like them not that we actually had the original taste for it. I, don't, I don't know if you get what i'm saying it was it was a marketing tactic that drew people to Hennessy. Like, oh, look at this liquor brand is actually targeting people like us. They are putting people like us in their ad. And you know, like when so you see so somebody so like how you, how far did this brand come? Like, if you want to talk, like Ciroc, obviously, a lot of drinking Ciroc because of Didi, right? Mm. Didi has done a brilliant marketing strategy with Ciroc, and now Ciroc is now the. It's like even Jay Z now. Mm. You didn't say what um, was in four four four. Said damn, I, damn, will I drink um, mm-hmm. Belvedere? when Didi got Ciroc, mm. right? Obviously, that's celebrating black excellence, that yeah. kind of stuff. And so everybody now drinks Ciroc, you're doing vodka, right? Mm. That's just the way it's been marketed now, and Didi has pushed it. So as a black person, if you go to the club, you're more likely to order Ciroc than... Because someone like you is marketing it. I'm going to put I'm gonna put up this article, actually, that I'm talking about, because I just found it. I remember the title of the article is, Hennessy's popularity is not due to hip-hop. The story is much deeper than that. And that's because... Um, they targeted like the black market. They wanted to put yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you want to give us a story, and you have to give us a historical concept. So, were they targeting black people in the twenties, in thirties, forties? If you don't want to give that influence mm. to hip hop, right? Yeah. Okay. So, let me see if I can actually find. Like, I can see a, a Henny article um, ad, a very old one, and the ad features a black couple and the the what do you call it. Yeah, so the writing says Hennessy, the civilized way to open doors, the world's most civilized spirit. So apparently, if you're African American, you probably have some of the same memories, like Madden and me. That's what the writer is saying of attending social gatherings such as a family reunion, cookouts, house parties, or the annual Memorial Day white party, where some guy is holding his own personal bottle of Hennessy, or the table has three bottles of it on ice. Though men are typically seen drinking cognac in black culture, both men and women indulge in the beverage and although cognac comes in a variety of options such as martel and remy martin hennessy beats them all out as the most consumed cognac in the black in the american black society because of this it has become synonymous with rap music so actually it became synonymous with black music because the people who advertised it made sure that it was the number one drink among black people it was the cost it was everything you know 
apparently, you know, people think that it was because Buster Rhymes sang the whole Pastic of song that made it historic. But apparently, people had been drinking dark cognac in the black um, society. Yeah, co- yeah, cognac is fine. Yeah. But Hennessy is a particular brand of cognac. This, without going through the article, mm. at least from. I'll put the article up in the. You can, you can check yeah. it out later. At least from what I'm gathering here. Like they placed advertisements in black, so you know how like black yeah, people but have. They're, they're um, still advertising now. What, what I'm just trying to say that I think what the article is saying is historically, maybe in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, when black people started getting some purchasing powers, they specifically targeted the black audience. While maybe other yeah, exactly, other, was, other brands. It didn't. was simply playing, playing to our emotions. They featured people like us in their ads. They were the first brand to feature an ad in Ebony and Jet magazines with black models. You know that kind of. Thing. Pretty much played on sentiments, right? So, 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 Hennessy was smart, and the once the new African Americans had back in power, mm. even maybe even before desegregation or whatever mm. it is, they targeted um, African Americans, mm. and essentially we've been loyal ever since. And apparently, they also hired a lot of black people in the company. So, like I said, they really just played to our sentiments. So, you know, black people wanted to drink the drink that was advertising in their hood and also employing people who look like them. So it was whoever their marketing or strategy, what's it called, did a good job, pretty much. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Let's run the analog to, to what Didi is doing with mm-hmm. Ciroc. It's just the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, so in 10, 100 years time, if you pass the drink in Ciroc, you can Didi add some hand in it mm-hmm. because of the brilliant marketing he's doing. Exactly. So that's game for people trying to break into the black market, advertise in black hoods, employ black people, you know, um, market to their sentiments, I guess, you know, and... Well, what you need to do is you find an under underserviced group or whatever it is, then obviously you market your goods. If it's already a, if it's already a brand that has or market that has something that people are going for might not be the best. But if you can find any underserved group, that's why Nigeria, Africa is an emerging market, right? Because all in Europe, America, some of those places are oversaturated already. Mm. So, like, even in the article, Nigeria is one of the fastest growing champagne markets mm. in the world. So, obviously, all these companies are going to put a closer eye on Africa. They're going to think as this, hopefully, we've been saying for a long time, as this continent progresses, as the as the hopefully the middle um what they call them the middle class increases right and the people gain more purchasing power these are going to be a potential yeah, market the truth and is that's where we grow our brand your market share in europe is what your market share is in europe is mm-hmm. but africa is a place where people get new purchasing power and you can tap into it. This is the next frontier. This is where you're uh, to The truth is, peop- brands are starting to see that Nigeria's purchasing power continues to increase. And because we like the good life, and welcome to the good life, yeah. We like the good life with the drinking. And the, I mean, there's some liquor brands who actually rule out special, um, special flavors or tastes in the Nigerian market. Literally, like maybe they've brought it out only in one other country, and then the next country they're really out in is in Nigeria. So it just shows you how much they actually trust that their drinks will sell no matter what. Um, I know someone who works for Guinness, they're always trying out new things in the Nigerian markets, new types of beers, new flavors, new everything, you know. So it's just Nigeria really is all about the premium drinking. Yes, as I said, they have statistics, statistics to prove it from 2011. To, pre- to present, there's been a 100% increase in the sale of these brands of alcohol. So that's uh, 100%, you know. 
So it doesn't get any better than that in terms of growth. So obviously, once any company sees those numbers, they're going to zero in on that market and say, mm. we need to you know push to get more market share in and get some loyal um, <coughs> customers. What's in better that, than in one billionaire? Market, so. Two. I'll be damned if I drink some Belvedere while Puff got Shirai. I need to stop. Like Nigeria is just doing big things. Look at Coldplay hyping Tewa Savage on her new um, song. Is it was it the song or the whole album? I mean, but Coldplay really liked it. Like you can see him vibing. Yeah, Tewa Savage brought out a new EP. Um, I think that's a sugarcane sugarcane EP. And obviously Coldplay, you know, sent a message. You know, apart from their condolences and their hearts with all the people suffering the natural disasters they also big out you know the sugar cane ep from two savage as a really good one so it's kind of cool to have a uh, i guess a big band like coldplay shouting out two savage and also this was the instagram video of um, chris martin you know vibing to one of the obviously doing the white man dance to one of to one of two savage song with um what's the name of her husband t blaze or whatever they call him yeah i mean like it's funny you never actually really thought we all thought that we knew the specific people who would blow in the american market but it's like we always say everyone has their own market you might not blow everywhere but you know there'll be someone who will vibe to you i don't understand who, uh, everybody knew Tewa savage i'm saying that i was actually going somewhere with that uh, i was like friend stands like everybody knows that sweet be- sweet beats is always looking for the hottest new nigerian what's it called but you know alamide was just always seen as the guy who was just too conk or just too traditional with his raps to ever crossover but literally i mean the only person that comes to mind right now is swiss beats but i've seen like three people dancing to that his new song whoa yeah three like huge americans and it's just funny even but we all know that ludicrous one is because his wife is african so you know he's even always complaining that all he hears in his house now is african music but it's interesting to see like different types of people um different types of artists being listened to in america and it's just it's very nice it's nice to see america going to the it's nice to see Nigeria going to the world. Sorry, not America going to the world. I mean, and I'm like, I hope like a lot more people cross over. Not everyone might like your brand of music, but you know, as long as we're crossing over to different niche. I mean, we all knew Tiwa Savage would blow, but like Coldplay wasn't exactly the first person that I saw that would hype her. I don't know why. I guess because of. Uh, to me, I can't. You can easily draw the dots anywhere. Connect the dots anyway. Simple. Tiwa Savage is joined to Rock Nation. Chris Martin and Jay Z are best friends, mm. so obviously, so if you, you and not, in the world of entertainment mm. and something, there's nothing that's coincidence. Mm. You can always, you can always draw the dots mm-hmm. to it. So obviously, so that's obviously the connection between no, Chris course, Martin. Of course, when I something. saw T Bills, also I also knew that the reason why he was able to listen is because T Bills probably pushing his baby mama's um, album. You know, probably like, oh, have you heard this new T Bills Savage? No, that's not. I'm discounting that. That's not it. I've just told you. Tiwa Savage is on Rock Nation. Jay-Z owns Rock Nation. Jay-Z and Chris Martin are tight. So that's the connection there. What T-Bills has no connection to Coldplay that is going to be... In. So obviously that's where the pairing came about. To say it. The old Swiss Beats and Olamide stuff, I'm, I'm not even... 
that I'm not sure if that help you blow or anything, but I guess it's some kind of exposure. Expo- I don't really think it's there. about some for some of them like Olamide has categorically said that he doesn't care whether he crosses over to the American market. So sometimes I don't think that for Olamide he just wants people to enjoy his music. So it's not about like blowing and having like um, records with an international star. For him, it's just to see that people of all cultures can actually just dance to his music, whether it's one person or a hundred people or whatever. I think Olamide is very happy being a. <laughs> I love you, Olamide, but. Being a lookout champion, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, every Christmas he's headlining his concert, he sells out. So, for Alamide, I feel like, or maybe he just hasn't decided that that's what he wants yet. And I guess because he knows that there's no way he's going to be rapping without his core, typical Yoruba verses that he's doing. And so, you know, he's probably like, Americans are probably, Americans as a whole will probably not appreciate this anyway. So, you know, it's fine. But yeah, I'm not sure it's about deciding. You, you know, everybody wants to break into any market. It's just dollars and cents stuff. There is as much as you need to make people dance. You need to make money. If you can break into one of the biggest markets, you break into the one of the biggest markets. It's just you know, it's not like I don't care about it. Sometimes it's just not you know, you don't just have the opportunity to or whatever it is. One point is that anyway, it's, it's, it's the fascination of African music. With the Western world as you know, as old as um, um, the Beatles, you know, McCarthy coming down to come and check out Fela because everybody's always looking for that new sound and stuff. So my own thing is that as we're bringing out this new sound, I just hope it's us that profit from it, right? So about, I don't want to hear a Afro pop sound from Coldness play next album and becomes number one I know if nobody remembers it's from Africa and everything and it's cosplay's new sound so as long as us that make up this sound and we're vibing to this sound I hope it's us artists that profit from it and get big from it and get those songs from it and it's not a uh, thing like um, rock and roll you know that is stolen from black people and it's now a white thing and stuff like that so just hope the cultural appropriation doesn't hit it where you know, this Afrobeat thing that they're propagating around the world is that non-African profit from it and other after and the Drakes that are profiting from it. Tiwa savage on this one, yeah. Whiskey, mama. Make it animals to tingle. This guy in Tina never see you. My pressure, they I got me down, whoa, whoa. My girl, hold on to me, yo. Never ever leave me for crash, oh, whoa, whoa. Girl, you didn't make me shiva, oh. Girl, if you leave us of our own. With you again, no allow. I want day with you forever. Robos keske, robos keske. If no be you, then tell me who. But it's nice to see people embracing us. I mean, look at Orange Culture. They just opened. Um, Orange Culture in collaboration with Davido, you know, they just had this thing at Selfridges and it's really nice. For those who live in England, you all know Selfridges as the huge department store that sells all the bougie stuff. Well, I guess you can't say that they sell all the bougie stuff because just recently they had, they allowed Primark to hold, um, to have a section in their store. What is Primark? Primark is um, a really cheap high street brand, like maybe one of the cheapest. But obviously, that was because Primark actually brings in quite a lot. They rake in so much money. So that was the first time that, you know, everybody went, oh my God, Primark is in Selfridges. But yeah, Davido and um, the owner of Orange Culture, Adebayo Oke, just recently, you know, launched a line and it was in Selfridges and it was so cool to see that happen. Um, I know that there was another Nigerian um, 
fashion designer Makio was it Makio I can't remember who had something in selfages too but this this is really good it's really good for the culture I'm really I mean I don't know much about orange culture I just I've always heard about him I've always known him a couple of people that I know who are different it's not different in a bad way but like always trying to do the alternate thing dress differently you know like they've always rocked orange culture so right. that's how I know about him right so let so, me let me dissect here like listen obviously I saw this Davido and um orange culture collab if that's my introduction to them orange culture apparently they're really old brands in Nigeria but to be honest I never knew about it so I even asked them like is Selfridges a big deal and you were like Selfridges is a big deal it's like Harold's or something like that right mm-hmm. so I it's guess it's on Oxford Street yeah so I, so I have no clue but apparently Selfridges is a big deal maybe it's like a Nordstrom in the US or something I don't know maybe, yeah, yeah. or maybe more posh than Nordstrom's I don't know but apparently so, so I said okay it's a big deal like you know a Nigerian designer in that space so I'm like okay let me go check out um, the outfits or whatever it is so I found their Instagram page and you know it's, it says androgynous fashion for uh, men right so I'm sure people know what androgynous mean like um, man woman so it's fluid essentially it's another way to say female looking clothes for men I guess that's the way to put it so looking at the pieces like to be honest it's nothing that I would wear right it's uh, said, uh, androgynous fashion for me. There are one or two things that looked alright that I could wear. But to me, it was like, okay, it's kind of a big deal. And it's interesting. I didn't know like there was actually a Nigerian designer in Nigeria making androgynous fashion, right? And where. So I guess this is what you mean by the um, alternative lifestyle. Well, let me not use alternative because alternative lifestyle means something different. Mm-hmm. In, in, so do you, what do you mean? I don't know what. You, I mean, like, how do I explain it? It's like the people who rock the white braids. Like, you know how Solange is seen as alternative? She doesn't dress like how everyone... Alternative is the wrong word to use. That's why when I said I said I don't know whether the word is alternative or listening to me. So anyway, you know, the people who just... They're different. You know, they rock different outfits. They... They're not necessarily trying to be fashionable, but they do make fashion statements with their outfits. Because is more of the earthy type, is the Woodstock type vibe. So, but this is not them. I said the people I know that rock it. I don't know about all the people who rock it. The people I know. That's what I'm like saying. Like one of the girls you're, you're, I know. You're trying to use Solange. Not, I said, I said like how Solange is, can be classified as different. So the girl I know that rocks it, she's kind of person that will have like white braids or white dreads, wear some weird funky kind of jewelry, you know, that kind of thing. So that's how I knew about him because those people used to hype him up about how his stuff is so different big ups in Adrian's doing different things you know so that but like I said I don't know in fact I probably wasn't very interested in this launch with him and David because I'm like what does David know about fashion anyway like I've never seen him to be a fashionable person so it really didn't even um it wasn't something I was really but, but, but to me it made sense to me because it's just following him it's just following uh, style because everybody knows Nowadays, musicians don't make money off selling songs. Nobody's buying CDs anymore. It's streams and merchandise, right? All them Jay-Z, all them Kanye, he's selling merch. So it was, And even Kanye does it. He works with designers to design his merch. So it makes sense for Davido to come with a designer and make some merch, essentially. the To be honest, the designs were not as androgynous as what is on his um, Instagram as his designs so it's a little bit different but also there was nothing so adventurous about it it was more of like bomber jackets and that kind of stuff and because it was I guess because it was in line with David and they were trying to make stuff that they thought that they would 
David Dobu were. Yeah, but anyway, I see that. Yeah, which makes sense. What I'm saying. So it's a, well, this only thing about just strategic and smart kind of collaboration. I see that a lot. Of, I tried to read the comment section, and even though Nigerians were excited about the fact that one of their own had a line in suffrages, I saw that a lot of Nigerians weren't having it. Because when people watched the vlogs and everything, they felt like it was more the, the vlogs or the videos or whatever were more centered on the people who were there and Davido as opposed to the clothes. Some, of course, when the whole Davido knows nothing about fashion, why does he have a line with um, Adebayo or Care? You know, why wasn't I guess people would be more open to if they saw like a really fashionable person having a line with someone like him as opposed to Davido. But like you said, you know, Davido is trying to make some coins and, um, it's so one to thing make, to, to have a line somewhere. Now the other thing is to hope that it actually sells and the clothes just don't collect dust in fridges. Yeah, the first day, and they're going to put more stuff in self or that was the end. Something like that. You you you're gonna. I've never been to surf fridges, so I'm figuring it's not like a Walmart or whatever it is. So it's gonna be, and obviously since they don't let so many people in, eh? they don't let so many people into where. Suffrages now. Do Everybody. Can, not people, the designers. No, I, I feel like, so here's the thing. I don't know what it is to get into suffrages, but I just told you Primark is in suffrages and Primark is seen as... You said it was a big deal to put them into suffrages, Yeah, no, I'm right? saying it was a big deal in the sense that people didn't actually think that... Primark is like the cheapest. So Primark is kind of... Can any designer put his stuff on suffrages? That's what I said. I don't know what the... What the... Um, what's the word? What the steps are. But Primark is the kind of place where... I'm going for something tomorrow and I know that my clothes are going to be ruined where I'm going to. I will go and buy something from Primark because I wouldn't care because I can find a top for a pound. That's, That's how fine. My, my point is this. I don't know Selfridge. You don't know what place it is. That's if, if it's an exclusive store, they're not going to carry so much inventory. They don't let so much designers in there. It means they only have so much people work in there. So in that kind of place, they're not going to produce 1,000 pieces for them. It's a collaboration between Orange Culture and Davido. I expect there to be a finite something, just like every if Yeezys, whatever, when Yeezys make their boost shoes, they don't make a thousand, they always understaff them so that they create that artificial scarcity. So there's no way they're going to have make a whole bunch of um, of that stuff. They're going to make a little bit of it, sell out, and keep it on demand. That's what they would do. Okay, so like Selfridges is pretty much a department store that has like both. I think what Selfridges is trying to do is also have like high street brands. Before it just it just used to be places like it just used to be stores like Louis Vuitton, Dior, you know, whatever. Then the cosmetic store, but now they have Topshop, they have Primark, and it's kind of thing where. For instance, because all this they have Zara and because all these places are high street brands, what you find in Selfridges you can find in another location of so let's say you go to Selfridges and you want to buy a top from Zara, for instance, and you go to the Zara section of Selfridges. If you don't have the top, they can tell you, Oh, come back tomorrow, we're probably gonna get a new stock, or go to our branch in all the other thousand places that we have branches, you know, that kind of thing. That's why actually so, the first time is suffrage is a big deal. It is a big, it's deal. a big deal. Then No, my point is it's a big deal, but they're also trying to appeal to other people by letting high street brands inside. So most, so let's say they have a hundred stores, 80 of those stores are expensive stores. Then the remaining 20 are high street brands. It doesn't lower. It's like Harrods. Okay, so what's the so what's the argument now? No, you said that the, because they don't allow a lot of people in, and I'm saying I don't know what the criteria is anymore because before they used to be very, but now that they've put in Primark, it means that you know there must be a change in a lot of things. So you said they're going to shit now, or what? And that's why, and now the video has entered because oh, they're going down. No, you were saying that because they don't have a lot of people. You know, they're probably not making a lot of stuff, and I'm saying I don't think that's a criteria for it for why they might not make a lot of stuff. If they're going to have a stand there. 
why won't they make more stuff? So was it just a pop-up or they have a stand there? If, like you know this place, if the place I think it is, they're not going to make a whole bunch of it. It's going to be a limited collection. They're going to make a, it's not making a thousand t-shirts to sell there. But maybe, I don't know, maybe I don't, maybe I'm misjudging what this place is. Maybe it's just like a Walmart or Target. And anyway, for those of you in England, you understand exactly what I'm saying. Selfridges is a place that has expensive stores. It's in prime real estate, but they also have high street brands now that they are now taking into the stores simple um oh yeah i remember why it's because people who are rich are also trying to wear high street brands i think that was it yeah so they're trying to have everything in one place so that the bougie people after buying their louis vuitton tops or bags can go to top shop right in the same mall and spend their money and because high street brands like top shop are also having like collaborations with people like versace and whatever it made sense i think for primark it was because primark was still despite primark being low end and cheap they were making their turnover every year was good even when other stores weren't making any turnover primark was making turnover so i think that was why they dragged them in so you know it is like i said you know everyone who knows selfridges understands how high end it is people even go there just to say that i have been to selfridges but like I said, I don't understand if they're having... If it, if it was just a pop-up, then I understand why they made limited stuff. But if they're actually going to have a store, if Selfridges has given them space, then I really don't get it. That's all. You don't get what? I said, then I don't get why they wouldn't make more stuff. They'll make more stuff, but they're not going to make a factory or something. Anyway, whatever. It's uh, why I give about nothing now. But yeah, so Nigeria seems to be doing well in the lifestyle section. You know, music, fashion everything which is good so it's nice to see that people are appreciating our country and hopefully they continue to do well and well they don't go to the shits good luck to orange culture yeah it's, uh, said, it's not stuff out there but I, I get the fascination anyway like a nigerian designer making androgynous wear in nigeria yeah it's, yeah it's a different type of stuff so yeah it's cool to always see people do good stuff regardless and you know Adebayo if you're listening if you ever listen to this you know call us come on the show come and explain your culture stuff and why you decided to make it line with the video you make a bad man never wanna leave back up and whine baby back up and whine in that sexy designer oh you make a bad man never wanna leave I'll just back up back up back up and whine back up back up and whine girl just Back up, back up and wine, back up, back up and wine, girl just back up, back up, back up and wine, something like that to Diana, girl just back up, back up, back up and wine, back up, back up and wine, yeah. So now we're going to the juror pick of the week. Email says the the email subject is please share so people will know that mar- what marriage is today. This is a sign from God, and I'm so glad for this one for his wonders in my life. But I'm so hurt. My heart cannot take all of this. I will prevail. Good evening, Adejuru. My hand is shaking as I'm typing this. I wasn't sure of sending this before, but I'm sure now. It's by the grace of God that I didn't beat her. I just want her out of the house with all her belongings. My daughter is with my mom, so it's okay. She will remain there. My current trauma has seen fit by God. My wife of six years has been acting strange for months and now. She denies me sex. I beg and beg her for sex. She gives me cold feet. She doesn't cook. She doesn't appreciate anything. I believe maybe because she just put to bed last year January. That's why. She doesn't want more babies anymore. 
I received the shock of my life when on arrival home today, my wife is protective of her mobile device. I watch her closely because I'm already suspecting her of cheating. Before the phone locks, I grabbed it. My wife follows me and gave me the fight of my life. I never knew she had such stamina and energy. She fought with her nail and teeth. I have scratches all over my neck. I ran into the toilet and locked up. She started shouting that how will I invade her personal space. On reading her WhatsApp, I found this mail featuring this guy telling my wife not to sleep with me, that he will beat her up. This is the greatest shock of my life. I screenshot it and mailed the images of the chat to my phone off and office email. On coming out of the toilet, she was crying by the step and begging that she loves me, she will die. It was because I pushed her away and making her feel less like less than a woman. Now I've removed myself from our residence to avoid my temper landing me in issues. I send the chats for your audience and so Nigerians can know the truth about her. God save me. My mother warned me not to wed her. I'm doing okay. I will do the needful and send her to her parents. I'm done with this relationship. I'm not even considered about the, who the man is. I guess he means he doesn't care who the man is. One mind asks me to call the number, but my wife is aware and is an adult. I will write you of any development. I'm in pain and I hope you share. And then the guy goes on to send screenshots of the conversation with um, the woman and her and the guy that she's cheating with. And, you know, it's pretty much what the guy explained. She's complaining that her lover is not picking up his phone and that she's not sleeping with her husband anymore because of him. And the guy is like, yeah, she better not, you know, random shit like that. And the guy actually... Because he's not picking up her phone, the guy, she threatens that she's going to sleep with her husband and the guy says that he's going to beat her if she tries it, you know. It's just a, it's a messy situation, I guess. Um, it's funny because it plays right into what we said last week about how guys will never take a cheating wife back, but women always take cheating husbands back. So, um, what do you think? I don't know. It's, uh, at least what I like about it, uh, he didn't start looking for the other man which is good there's nothing to bother yourself with the other man is between you and your wife uh, your wife agreed to sleep with him it's not his fault he didn't seduce her and make her do what she's a grown woman to so deal with her so thumbs up on that stuff i'm also glad you didn't get violent with her that's the proper way to compose yourself um if you cannot you know reconcile there's no hope of reconciliation then uh, contact your lawyer and um, you guys have a divorce obviously there's a child and there's a child and involved um, it would be nice for you guys to find a way to co-parent so the child can still grow in a healthy environment uh, because you guys are no longer married doesn't mean you guys can't uh, bring up uh, the child um, successfully together and have to be well-adjusted uh, human being growing up. It's kind of funny because then the woman now replies and she says um, she's been blocked from all things. She's like, good evening, sir. In the name of God that I'm serving, I beg you to talk to blah 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 you know his name is dotted out and delete all my posts i'm all over blogs or media it was a test i'm not having a love affair i'm ready for anything to make it work we are bent not broken please he is unreachable i'm scared to go to your parents residence i'm alone you're responsible for my action i want to see my daughter please 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 
So even though she's claiming that um, she was testing him, she's claiming that he's responsible for her actions, which kind of leads me to think that maybe she was cheating on him. But then it begs the topic, when women cheat, are their partners actually responsible? Everybody's responsible for your own action, good or bad. Nobody can force you to do anything. Could people do things that you in your head justify you to cheat? Sure, go ahead. You can justify anything you want to justify. But the truth is that you can only do what you want to do. Nobody can force you to do anything. If it's doing stuff and it's pushing you away, blah, 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 and it's not working for you, have that conversation. And if the conversation doesn't work, you can ask for a divorce. Then after you guys divorce, then you can go sleep wherever you want to go sleep with without any impunity. So no person is responsible for making you cheat. When you cheat, is an action and decision solely done and made by you. Nobody can push you to cheat. I just really feel bad for the daughter. Like, I obviously know that there's no way this man is getting back with his wife because that's just the way w- the world is. And I guess, I mean, the text messages were pretty graphic. It was, it was ridiculous. You know, this woman was asking the guy if they're going to meet up because she needs to know if she should go back home or not. So clearly, they're in way over their heads. They're in very deep, and this is something that has been going on. Um, I'm not very sure how this is a test because it's obvious from the text messages that she's been doing this for a while. So my only problem and my only issue is with the daughter, obviously. I mean, right now she's fine, in quotes. She's with her grandma. But at some point in time, she's going to want to know why she's not with her mother and she's going to find out that her mother was cheating, except they decide to keep that away from her. But hopefully they find a way to work this out and just co-parent her as 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 easily well it's not going to be easy but as good as possible and for god's sakes please can people just stop doing the most like if you don't want to be with your partner don't be with them i mean i know some men don't listen especially when you're trying to talk to them about you know things that are going on but then you might as well work walk out instead of turning into a whole messy situation but yeah that's it is what it is and i wish them best of luck yeah, nothing. Uh, there's nothing impossible in this world, you know. It's possible to still, after a while, talk it out and get back together. Nothing, nothing is possible. So, yeah, yeah. Those are these are the breaks. What, what can I say? Yeah. So you know, thank you for listening. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's Good Bad Gang everywhere. Follow us on SoundCloud. Comment everywhere. Let us know what you're thinking. Yeah. And it's just good bad gang. It's not good bad gang everywhere, right? Just in case because energy good bad gang, not good bad gang everywhere. So. Um yeah, and if you have any topics that you want us to deal with, just slide into our DMs, you know. Just let us know, tweet at us, just just let us let us know what you want us to talk about. Let us know what you want to hear from us. So thank you for listening. Spread good vibe good vibes everywhere. Um I didn't say this earlier, but our hearts are with the people of Mexico. Everything will be alright. So yeah, peace. That's it. If your girl a look good and she never boring, then you know that a really good vibe. And she cook your good food and she always caring, then you know that a really good vibe. If your man didn't love you real good in a bed, then you know that a really good vibe. And him I give you full satisfaction, my girl. Then